listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Y'all know how I feel about spoken word. Hey friends, it's Jess. Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. Today, we have a friend on the episode that I'm super excited to chat with, Gloria Umana. She is an incredible woman of mission. She's also a spoken word artist, which if you've listened to any of the episodes before, you may know that I have a deep dream and desire to use my gifts to do spoken word. One day, one day, I'm going to do it. But I'm excited to chat with Gloria today. She's a friend. She is an encourager, but she's also a fighter. I love how she fights for other people to use their gifts and how she spurs them on in it too. So enjoy this episode. I love y'all. Hey, hey, friends. What a gift we have today. We are chatting with, my, I'm calling us friends. We haven't met in person yet, but Lord, let it be sometime soon. Gloria Yumana, thanks for joining us on the Go and Tell Gals podcast. Absolutely. We'll just tell the people we're friends. We're they don't friends. have to know. We're, we're friends. Besties. We have friends. matching tattoos. We go it's a way whole back. thing. <laughs> Super pumped to be on here with you, Jess. <laughs> we're so glad to have you. Um, so I want you to tell everybody what you do. What does mission look like for you? Yeah, I, I'm, I want to hear it from your words. I've read your bio. I follow you online. I have my own perception, but how would you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. So I do kind of a lot. I like to explain what I do is trifold. So I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, Ratchet Central of the U.S. I don't know if y'all are from there, but what's out if you are. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, everything I do stems from the heart of creativity, whether it is communicating the gospel at a conference or with a church or whether it's doing spoken word, which if you don't know what that is, you need to get plugged into what yeah. it is because it's the hypest thing right now. Um, it, it's pretty much just a form of poetry that has just a lot of power within it because of the delivery. Yeah. Um, so typically I'll do that as an opener with a conference or in a worship set at a church. And when I'm not doing those two things, uh, a third thing that my heart has really gravitated towards lately is over the last two years, um, I started something called the Ex Nihilo Collective. Um, and it's pretty much just a collective of spoken word artists and creatives that live all over the United States. And pretty much how that came about was actually from a very morbid thought that I had. I don't mm. know if you guys always think about death. It's really I weird, do. but I think about it often. <laughs> I think <laughs> about really, death I, often. Because it, it's eventually coming for us all. That's just the truth. <laughs> but actually, it came out of the thought of, if I die tomorrow, everything I've done, as great as what I've done is, it'll be the end of it. And that's when I realized, if everything you have built and created dies the moment that you do, then you did not create or live for something bigger than yourself. And that's when I realized life on purpose and life on mission means living for something much bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided to scratch the whole Gloria Yumana being the forefront of everything and realizing I am totally okay 
if my name shows up only in the fine print, mm. if that means that I get to leave trails and footprints of a name much bigger than mine everywhere that I go. And so that's been like my heart lately. And it's been so fun kind of navigating those waters because I think a lot of times life on mission means there's no blueprint, there's no map, uh, there's no guide as to how to do these things. Unfortunately, there's not three steps right. to figure out how to leave this. Right. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful because it makes our dependence grow on something that is much bigger than us again. And so it's been really fun navigating those waters and seeing the incredible things God has done through that ministry. Oh man, I love it so much. Here's two things I want to capture out of that. Number one, our faithful Go and Tell Gals listeners do know what spoken word is because they've heard me confess it's my secret dream. Oh, it's the one thing I really want to do. Are you saying that I'm your role model? Is that what Essentially, I'm saying you're my hero and I'd like you to coach me. Done, done, uh, done. But I shouldn't, I shouldn't have confessed that because I, I think I confessed it a few months ago and I had this dear friend, Tiffany, who basically called me one night and she was like, okay, it's it. You and me, we're going to a poetry slam and you're going to read some stuff and you're just going to do it. And by God's grace, one of my kids got sick that night. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That was the enemy working against your colleagues. <laughs> or it was God. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I yeah, it's, it feels terrifying, but I do. I would like to step into it at some point in some realm. So I love, love, love spoken word and I love your spoken word. So I'm super blessed by it. The second thing I want to capture in that is it's interesting that thing you said about your name being in the fine print. And I feel like I I get this question a lot regarding being a coach of women, also faithful podcast listeners or anyone who's read my book will know. I, I believe that God's called me to be a midwife of mission. I think that I'm going to, I pray in Jesus name that I'm going to get to cheer some people on who will, who will do much bigger and better worldly things that I could ever accomplish. And and I think there I'll in Jesus name, get to cheer some women on who might do really, really impactful kingdom things, even if they don't amount to worldly fruit. Yeah. And really brave, honest people have asked me in quiet moments, does it bum you out? Does it bum you out? For example, I've gotten to coach women whose businesses have outgrown mine. (laughs) I've gotten to coach women who have gotten book deals just astronomically larger than I have or who have sold a ton more books than I have. And I've also, you know, gotten to coach women in private things who do hard and holy obedient work that the world might never know about, but that I know has had massive kingdom impact. And so I'll have people ask me like, doesn't that feel a little like funky? Mm -hmm. Isn't that hard? And I have to say there is something wildly freeing about deciding that you don't want to be the headline name of even your own life. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like even Jesus, of course, we all want Jesus to be the headline of our own life. But there's also something really freeing for me as a mom to look at my kids now at, you know, 13, 12, 11, and seven and say like, I hope you do bigger and better things than I ever could. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's not again in like earthly terms of fruit. Yeah. I hope you know more than me. I hope there yeah. becomes a point where I'm like, tell me, tell me what we're doing. 
tell me what's yeah, up. That's, that's a really good point because especially for me, like I've seen, especially in my generation amongst millennials, I've seen a culture fail time and time again because of the spirit of comparison mm-hmm. and jealousy and envy and bitterness and, and pride. And I realize those are all actually traits of competitors. Yeah. And we're actually called to be co-laborers. So right. like in a society that celebrates tearing others down, I want to be found building the culture of building others up. Like yep. that could actually become the new normal. And more importantly, it's like, I want to be found building the kingdom of God, whether I am a Barnabas or I'm a Paul, right. whether I'm on the sidelines or in the spotlight, like I think once we come to the understanding that not one is more significant than the other is where we'll find actual unity in the body of Christ and amongst the people around us. And like, we'll start to realize like, Jess, if you win, I win. And if I win, we win. And if we win, ultimately like he wins. And that's, that's the goal. I think if we can operate through a heavenly perspective again, because that's not an earthly perspective at Mm -hmm. all. It's, it's me against you. But if I can look at you and say, Hey, I am rooting you on because a win for you is a win for me. And a win for the two of us is a win for the kingdom of God. If we can operate through that mindset, then we don't really think through the lens of, oh man, my name is not going to be magnified or my platform's not going to get blown up or I'm not going to get the followers of the book deal. It's like, man, the kingdom of God is here on this earth and I get to play a part in it. The craziest part is like the kingdom of God is going to advance with or without me. I might as well hop on board right now while I can in whatever capacity. I think if we could just see it as like, it's an honor to get to do what we do in any capacity to play any role in any person's life and any ministry and in any organization in any building, then I think we'll just find so much joy and that freedom that you talk about because I have felt that Mm. it's so liberating because there is no pressure because pressure indicates performance, but there is great weight to it. And I think when we realize this is a weight that I don't have to carry on my own, but I can surround myself with people that are going to carry this weight with me, man, it just takes the pressure off instantly and you find so much joy and freedom. And it's just so amazing. I absolutely love living life on mission in this capacity that I'm in. Come on. I love it. That was a sermon for somebody. Somebody needs to go (laughs) back and re-listen to that whole section one more time. (laughs) That was for you. I love it. And right. Like I try to teach my kids all the time. Like just, just, this is just basic, like human common knowledge that we can either try not to do the wrong thing or we can try to do the right thing. And we often spend way more energy trying not to do the wrong thing than just actually like doing the wrong, doing the right thing. So often I'll Mm -hmm. tell my kids like, Hey, I'm going to stop saying like, don't mess with your brother. Don't mess with your brother. Don't mess with your brother. And instead I'm going to say, Hey, bless your brother. Like what good for your brother? That's just a different gear going that gear. And so the answer to the question, how do we fight comparison? Which we've got to move on to a new question. Like we've got to move on to a new question. We, we have the answer to this one. It's bless your sister. Yeah. Just cheer her on, just gas her up, just tell her she's amazing. And and Jesus is amazing in her and, and bless her ministry and like buy her coffee. And that's how you, stop struggling with comparison. You just yeah, bless actually, her. I had a thought the other day that you just reminded me of, and it, it's the, it's, I think we are in a time where people say, Oh, if that person, um, 
makes you feel less than, or come on, if that or if that person um, makes you feel jealous or envious, you should unfollow them. But I realize that doesn't actually solve the problem. Nope. That just pushes it under the rug. Yep. And what I'm realizing is, what if the most powerful thing we can do is not to unfollow that person or not to move away from that person, but to draw nearer into that person and actually cheer them on when our spirit wants to compare and our spirit wants to be envious and when our spirit wants to actually resent them, how much more powerful is it when we tell our feelings, hey, you don't get to dictate my steps. You're right. You don't get to dictate how I act towards the people around me. If God tells me I'm supposed to be for them, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to be for them and not run away from them. Right. And I think if we could just like come to that ideology and like reach that reckoning moment, like we'll actually see that soon. We're not really faking it, but we're facing it. We're Mm. doing it by faith and realizing in return, it actually is going to become who we are. It's no longer just a, Oh, I'm just trying. I'm trying. I'm trying, but it's, this is who I am. This is my identity. And it stems from the inside out. And I think that's just like, just a powerful reality that I've learned too. It's it's yeah. not just a matter of removing the problem because we can't always do that, but know that like God can actually use that very catalyst there to push us towards going and co-laboring and going and cheering people on. It's possible. It's hard, but it's so possible. A hundred percent. You cannot unfollow your cousin Becky in real time. Like right. you, you, you really shouldn't. I mean, yeah. don't, and that's what I tell them. And don't follow people who make you feel like who don't inspire you or don't spur you on. Don't follow women who make you feel like negative about the world or fearful. Like for sure. Don't do that. But absolutely don't look away because God's blessed her. Because yeah. when you cut off God's blessing to her, even just in your mind, you are cutting off God's blessing and your recognition of it in your own life. And we yeah. don't have time for that. It's true. We really don't. One of my, one of my friends and I were talking about the reality that what we don't understand is that a lot of times our blessing is so much intertwined in the blessing of somebody else. And it's really a lot of times an overflow. So it's like, Hey, like you got to understand in rightful relationships and in rightful community, you succeeding and you being blessed by God it's only going to be an overflow onto me. Like I'm going to receive from it as well. So we honestly, you benefit, you benefit so much. And so that's when I'm realizing like everything is for God's glory and for our good. Like at the end of the day, we have to realize, man, God is working on my behalf too. Like no matter what, whether I see it or not, whether I feel it or not, whether it looks like it or not, he's working on my behalf right now in this present moment. So good. So good. Uh, I love it. So tell me this, what is difficult? What are the challenges about this season of mission and leadership for you? That's a good question. This is going to sound really funny, but what's most difficult about this season right now for me, I would say is idolatry, which I feel like nobody would actually say that out loud. I cringe (laughs) saying it out loud too. But what I've been quick to realize just over the last few months is that God will do whatever it takes to strip every idol from our lives until he's the only one that remains on the throne. And a lot of times that means friendships. A lot of times that means family members. A lot of times that can mean a job or success. Anything that we have found our identity rooted in that's not him, you can count on him to strip. 
strip that very thing from your life. And it's crazy to me because like what I'm realizing is that I make a poor God. Like, mm. I think in my mind, I actually might be able to do a great job at being God. And I think that's why a lot of times we'll try to like, go and do what we think is good and go, if we have a good idea, we're going to run with it. But I've seen so many times in scripture, even in like Deuteronomy one, there was a point where God said something to Moses and Moses said later on in that passage that he had a good idea and something seemed like a good idea. So he went with it. It's funny because in the following verses, God comes back and says, I said to do this, or I gave you this command. And what you didn't realize was that this was actually me being for you. Mm -hmm. You didn't realize that your good idea had elements that only God would have been able to realize is not actually a good idea. And so like, I'm, I know it sounds kind of crucial and, and like somewhat harsh of God to strip things from our lives, but I'm quickly realizing like, this is actually God doing the work to prove to me that he is for me and not against me. And a lot of times it does feel like it can feel like God is against me when I'm trying to put together a set, for example, with the ex nihilo collective, or we're trying to make plans and put things together and we want things to work out. And then God just completely makes it fall apart in a sense. And I was reading in Acts five the other day, this gave me so much understanding as to how to do life on mission, even in the difficulty is I was reading in Acts five and there's a moment where everybody is questioning the validity of someone's ministry. They're trying to figure out, is this real? Like, are they really doing this for God or are they doing this for themselves? And, and someone says to them, Hey, don't worry about it. If it is built by man's hands, it will crumble and collapse. Hmm. But if it is built by God, then nobody can stop it. And that's when I started praying a very dangerous prayer. And the prayer was, God, flatline everything that I have done in my own wisdom, with my own hands, and with my own intellect. Because though I believe it might be good, and though I believe I could make a really banging God, I actually can't do anything sustainable apart from God. And so it's been a surrendering prayer of God, like whether it's deciding who's going to be on our team, whether it's deciding the pieces that we're going to write or the pieces that are going to be a part of a set or where we're going to travel to, what events we're going to say yes to, the logo design, the website design in all things, you want it to be sustained. Mm -hmm. So why not start off doing it God's way? versus doing it your way and it collapsing and crumbling, you know? Yeah. That's kind of where I've been at lately. So good. I love it so much, man. And let it be, God, let it be that most of us answer the question, what's been hard lately? Well, I've had to tear some idols down. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Because that's a lot of what it, a lot of what most of our struggles are rooted in. Um, Mm -hmm. and if we don't just say real words about them, you know, we'll be in a pickle, like we'll be in a straight up bind. Uh, I spent the majority of 2019 in the old Testament and, you know, as I would kind of like summarize each day, what I felt like God was teaching me, it was, it was almost always like tear down the high places, tear down the strongholds, tear down the idols, like 
That's all the Old Testament says over and over and over again. (laughs) There's going to be things that keep you from loving me. Please walk away from them. And absolutely, those are going to be the things that trip us up, that keep us from running well and from running long too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, That's so good. Okay. As someone who is using their words and leading people and leading a team, are there tools, tricks, tips that are helping you do what you've been called to do? Yes, absolutely. And this one I would say is not natural for me. I am learning it progressively over time. Um, but something that I've like been really quick to find out is that God desires healing and wholeness for us more than we could ever desire it for ourselves. Mm. And and the crazy thing is we get to be a part of the healing process, but God can't heal the wounds that we pretend don't exist. And what I've learned over the last few weeks is that there's a Greek word for salvation. And that Greek word is soteria, which Mm -hmm. means healing. And it's like, man, if we ever want to lead from a place of vulnerability, if we ever want to lead authentically, but if we also ever want to lead powerfully, then we've got to walk through the healing process so that we don't project our wounds onto other people and bleed onto other people, because that's when our insecurities seep in. And an insecure leader is not a leader worth following. I'll just say that Yeah, as honest as possible. And so like the craziest thing is it's so much more beautiful when we walk through the healing process of our wounds with God and allow him to turn those wounds into scars, because then I can actually lead from a standpoint of confidence. I can lead from a standpoint of, Hey guys, like this is my honest story. This is the honest truth about who I am. And I don't have to put up this pretense or this facade that I feel like people in leadership often feel like they've got to put up these walls. And it's like, I don't have to put up a front. I can come to my people and like, we can hammer at this thing called life together. And there, there's no mass. We can be really for each other. And the crazy thing is it's, it's hard to be for someone when you don't even know who they really are. Yeah. It's really hard to lead when you don't even know who you're, who you are yourself. Mm. And so I have found for myself, the, the greatest trick and the greatest tool is really just me cultivating an intimate relationship with God because it sounds almost like very unrelated, but intimacy with God is the only way that fellowship within community can be enjoyed. It's simply an overflow and a byproduct of what my intimate relationship with God is. And so it's, it's really fun just leading from a healthy and a whole standpoint versus leading as an insecure leader who tries to gain affirmation and validation from the team around me. And I live for their words and their approval. That's such a wasted way of leading. Like, Mm. man, imagine being able to walk into a room and you're not looking for who can affirm me, but you're looking to who can I build up and who can I affirm? Like, that is such a beautiful way of leading. So that, that's been the greatest like trick. I know it's, it, it's maybe a little bit more different than like a tool, like oh, you can download Evernote, yeah. but uh, that it's been the greatest trick for me is like being real raw and honest in the presence of God and allowing him to really heal me from the inside out so that I don't lead from insecurity, but I lead from confidence and boldness. Mm. 
So good. So good. I couldn't agree more. It's my most important and helpful tip and trick and tool too. So good. Okay. Here's our last thing. How can our women be praying for you? Your girl can take prayer all day. (laughs) Uh, I'd say the number one thing that we could use prayer for is, um, so as I'm leading the Ex Nihilo Collective, it, it really just started as an idea of, okay, let's let's gather some spoken word artists who can help spark creativity in the church again. And, and it started as just the medium of words because simply, if you don't know what Ex Nihilo means, by the way, mm-hmm. it is Latin for out of nothing, which mm-hmm. is how God created the entire world. Out of nothing, speaking the words, let there be. And so words happens to be our medium, but I'm thinking through the reality of it's very, it's very few people in this world that do spoken words. So it's a, it's a small niche group, but it's like, man, if, if we want the church, the capital C church, our communities, our local churches, our homes, our families, our schools everywhere to be infiltrated with the power of Christ, then there's actually other mediums that we're going to have to help cultivate. Um, especially if we want, we want it to build like a rhythm to how people see God, because I'm seeing that unbelievers, they're not fascinated with God because our presentation of God isn't so great. Um, and so something that we're actually working towards is becoming the first ever creative university fully accredited that the world has ever seen. Wow. It's a crazy, crazy vision and a crazy goal, because again, I think a lot of times when God calls us to something, there's not a blueprint and there's not Mm -hmm. a map and Mm -hmm. it it really makes us depend on him and lean on him. And so there's so much we need to make that happen between resources and finances and being connected with the right people. And it all seems so big for my mind to comprehend that it can get overwhelming really easily. I'll be so honest about Mm -hmm. that. It can be overwhelming. And so the greatest prayer for us is that, um, God just aligns everything from the people to the resources and the places and the finances and that knowing that, I mean, if it's, if this is his vision, it's going to happen no matter what. So finding rest in that. Um, and then my schedule this year for 2020 is crazy. Like, I don't know if you've ever been 24 and having to lead 14 people Mm -mm. that are younger than you and older than you at the Mm -mm. same time. (laughs) It's a lot to juggle for sure. Um, And so I'm really just praying for wisdom and discernment in that because I want to do it well. Um, I've been under really bad leadership before and I've been under really good leadership Mm. and I've learned so much from the two and I've seen how I've grown so much under good leadership and how I've been destroyed so much under bad leadership. And I want to be a leader who does nothing but build my people and grow my people and empower my people. Um, And so leadership is my greatest prayer request right now of how you can be praying for me. Oh man, that would mean the world to me. Yeah, you've got it. We agree and affirm in Jesus name that he will bring the skills. He will bring the wisdom. He will bring the equipping he needs for this calling. Yeah, we're just excited to see you keep going. We're thankful for you. And we're really grateful that you joined us today for the podcast. Thank you, girl. Thank you so much, Jess. This was so much fun. I had a great time.